Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Arizona has found the replacement for Jed Fish in the form of Brent Brennan and also some big news about who could be remaining at Arizona uh, from their team that could really help propel the program forward. Also, look at Big 12 Hoops on a Tuesday night. This is the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors, here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Find us on X slash Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find me, uh, the show, at NWPod365. If you guys find us in podcast places, please five stars there. And also, uh, if you guys find us on the YouTubes, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave your comments. Boom. All right, folks. So I gave uh, Arizona the business yesterday, and I stand by what I said. The fact that Jed Fish goes to Washington and look, he still might have gone to Washington. I was upset, though. Arizona did not even make an attempt to keep Jed Fish with an extension after the awesome season he just had. Well, they have now found their replacement. Brent Brennan, the former head coach at uh, San Diego State, at San Jose State, he is going to come over and come to Arizona, uh, where he once coached back in 2000 as a GA, to be their head football coach. He is a alum of uh, UCLA, where he played wide receiver. Also, he's from Redwood City, California. Uh, his most recent stops, Oregon State uh, as a wide receivers coach. And then also in 2017, he took over at San Jose State as the head coach. Now, they struggled in the beginning of his tenure. Uh, they went, let's see, 2-11, and 1-11, and then 5-7 and seven in 2019. They started off 6-0 and oh in the COVID season, finished at 7-1, and one. And then they were five and seven, seven and five, seven and six. So not a program known for winning, but he has done a good job there. This is one of those generally where you say, hey, look, um, you know, I think cover three, that podcast is a great job. Like every hire essentially is a C plus. I don't know if his hire is going to work, but I guess we will have to see. Uh, there were a lot of questions yesterday, though, about what kind of hire they are going with. And this is a guy who has no, not coached all over the place. He's kind of the same age as Jed Fish. He's coached at one place in college as the head man. And, uh, you know, kind of from that Western part of the country. Um, you know, so younger-ish, not old. You know, he's he's not, uh, just turned 50, so kind of that sweet spot, I guess you could say. Offensive background, right? He is, he's always been an offensive coach up until this and did a really good job at a program that usually is not very good. So I think all those are kind of the positive considerations for him. Um, I bet also, too, he was probably not the most expensive coach in the world to get over from San Jose State to come, and they gave him a five-year contract 
as well. Now, once again, like I know Arizona's got financial issues, but it's my belief, generally speaking, that even with financial issues, you can actually kind of, you know, still be fine as a program because people can give money. You can get outside sources to help you help influence things. So no matter how bad the financial situation is at the school, the program can kind of remain untouched and remained as it is. The big news, though, out of all of this is not an addition it is who will be returning. According to Dennis Dodd, it sounds like quarterback Noah Fafita is going to come back for Arizona. And it sounds like Tedaroa McMillan, their awesome receiver, is going to stay. We know Jonah Coleman has entered the transfer portal, but according, uh, according to Dennis Dodd, Fafita and McMillan are staying. And wide receiver coach Kevin Cummings would be a huge part of that effort. And I think, obviously, you know, you'd think that he would be um, remaining there. So that was a big question, right? How much of this, this team that's supposed to return could whoever the new coach is retain? Well, I got a new coach pretty quick and always, obviously now they're going to keep, uh, they're going to keep these two really important players, right? Fafita, once he came in as the starter last year was really impressive. Uh, you know, ends up having a huge season for them. And Arizona, you know, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, obviously, Arizona relied on him heavily once, uh, you know, Delora goes down with the injury. They switch quarterbacks. And then McMillan had a 1,400-yard season with 10 touchdowns. And, you know, they'd have to fend off uh, suitors for McMillan from other places as well. And, yeah, they're going to lose uh, Jacob Cowling, who is their big-time wide receiver. He was kind of the number one guy they have. But still, the, the, the fact they're able to keep Fafita and keep the number one wide receiver they have, sophomore Tedaroa McMillan, who is a – you know, I mean, he has had an awesome career so far, 2,100 yards, uh, 18 touchdowns in two seasons. Uh, you know, it's big. They're going to keep a guy like that on the team uh, and with the program. And so we'll see what else Brennan can retain. But, you know, I can't say I'm, I, I'm really knowledgeable about Brennan, but I think it was good they got somebody in pretty quickly. Um, and it's all going to all going to be about roster, you know, at this point, like how much the roster can they maintain? Because. We talked about it going into the year. You know, I, I thought I thought if we talked about next season and, you know, if you said, hey, Josh, today, who would you vote as first team all Big 12 quarterback? Uh, I would say Noah Fafita today because Cam Rising has been really good, but I'm not sure how he's going to look coming off the injury. So that's why I would lean Fafita's way after what we saw from the season that he had. So I would go, you know, team Fafita on that one. And then they've got some spots where, look, I think McMillan's definitely be a guy that'll probably end up being uh, first team all Big 12 preseason too for the year that he had last season. They're going to bring him back. So we'll see what else they can do. That defense was really good last year. We'll see what hires, um, you know, San Jose, or excuse me, uh, Brennan's going to make coming over from San Jose State. But um, this is a key first step to get that guy in place. And now let's see if Fafita McMillan can help Brennan retain some of that roster. Um, and we'll see what happens obviously during the off season too, but they did choose to go kind of the West coast angle. They are going with the California guy who has coached in PAC 12 country coached at PAC 12 schools in terms of uh, Oregon state GA at Arizona. Um, and it was West coast guy. And then obviously he'll have to assimilate to the big 12, but they went kind of with somebody who is more in that zone, uh, right now. All right. So uh, we've got that taken care of. And once again, we'll have more on that. I'll, I'll speak with some folks who cover Arizona to get more comprehensive coverage, but that's just kind of the news as it is there. We'll see once again, also too, with Arizona's money situation, what plays out. But in the end of the day, we only end up with two big 12 coaches um, who end up losing their jobs or, you know, going elsewhere. 
right? We end up having, uh, you know, at, at Houston, Dana Holgerson out the door, Willie Fritz comes in and then Jed fish, who was not a big 12 coach, I guess like, yeah, I mean, you could say he became one as soon as the season ended, but you know, he, he went to Washington. And so Brent Brennan is now a big 12 coach. That brings us now to Big 12 Hoops on a Tuesday night. The latest top 25 for the Big 12 Conference was another strong one. Kansas, 14-2, and two, number three overall, did not move at all, even though they lost to UCF. Houston's down three spots after a two-loss week to number five in the country. Baylor is the third Big 12 team in the top 10. No other conference has three teams in the top 10. UConn out of the Big East. Uh, is the only Big East team up there. Uh, Purdue out of the Big Ten is up there. No other Big Ten teams are in there. The ACC has North Carolina at number uh, four, and then Duke at number seven. And then the SEC has Tennessee at number six, Kentucky at number eight. The AAC has Memphis at number 10, but Baylor's nine, Houston's five, and uh, Kansas is number three. You go further down the list, You've got Oklahoma at number uh, 15 in the country after losing twice last week. You've got TCU's up seven spots, number 19 in the country. Now BYU drops two spots to number 20 in the country. Iowa State checks in the rankings. They're up to, uh, they were outside maybe. Yeah, they're outside. Iowa State now jumps into the mix at 13 and three, number 24 in the country. And then uh, Texas Tech, who is tied with Baylor for the lead in the league, checks in at number 25. So Big 12 Hoops, obviously, once again, uh, the gauntlet has been set. So this is how your Big 12 midweek hoops situation sets up. First, tonight, uh, nice strong slate, I would say. TCU at Cincinnati. So TCU on the road against KU gets the win or gets a close loss, then goes back home and gets two big wins against OU and then um, Houston. Let's see what happens here. Cincinnati has looked good. It's a strong team. They're a three and a half point favorite over at ESPN. Uh, but I'm, you know, now we're starting to grind to the conference slate. Like, how good is that going to be? I expect this to be a really competitive game because Cincinnati, I think, could be a tournament team, but they're going to have to really stick this thing out through their conference schedule because once again, their non-conference was not strong enough. They didn't rack up any good wins in non-conference, and right now their best win is a road win, 11 points against BYU. But they've got a one-point loss against Texas and then a three-point loss against Baylor. So, you know, I I think some of these new schools need to make hay in the league early on if they really want to, uh, you know, find themselves in the spot they're hoping to be in. Uh, but TCU's playing some damn good basketball right now. I, I could see them keep climbing. Um, so that huge matchup, 6 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. 7 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. Bramlage Coliseum, Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. K-State, host number nine, Baylor. Now, K-State, 12-4, and 2-1 in the Big 12. Um, they are a narrow one-and-a-half point favorite. This line has bounced around some. I think the reason is, you know, Baylor is 3-0, and yes, but I've not been super convinced um, the Oklahoma State game was really close. The Cincinnati game was a three-point win. They had to eke that out late. And quality wins, you know, don't have actually like the, you know the non-conference. The Florida win's really nice. Auburn win is nice, but they did have losses against Duke and against Michigan State. And Michigan State, that was a oh my god, they whipped their tails in that game. So I think Baylor generally is pretty good. They're especially good at home. But we're going to see them on the road. And that game on the road against Oklahoma State did not go well. Um, 
Now the neutral sites have gone well for them, but this is actually their second road game, like proper of the season. They really didn't play any road road games until the Oklahoma state game. So let's see what this environment looks like for them. K state comes off. I mean, a really narrow loss. There's a very good argument that K state should be three and zero right now in the league and should be tied with Baylor at the top of the conference. But uh, K state, a chance to rebound at home. I expect another narrow game uh, in that one. Also on the slate tonight, eight o'clock ESPN, Kansas at Oklahoma state. Kansas is a seven and a half point favorite. Oklahoma State's 8-8 eight eight overall, 0-3 in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma State does have success against KU. Obviously, it's Bill Self's former school, but we'll see in this one. I'm, I'm skeptical that this one's going to go really well for Oklahoma State. I like KU on the road, kind of like in the road teams, which you know is always dangerous. And then Iowa State takes on BYU in the only top 25 versus top 25 matchup of the night. That one's at 8 o'clock on ESPN Plus at the Marriott Center in Provo. I'm expecting a low-scoring game in this one. Both of these teams have played a really good defense uh, so far this season. Uh, I mean, that's that's Iowa State's calling card, uh, as we know, right? So for them, they're allowing, what is it? I mean, 58.4 points per game allowed this season for Iowa State. And you look at the other side of things for BYU, who you know, they won a, a low-scoring game the other day against Cincinnati, which was, uh, you know, or against UCF, rather. Um, but you see them on the defensive side of things, they are allowing just 63 points per game. So two teams that have been playing some pretty good defense as of late, uh, obviously the BYU game, uh, for them against Baylor, they gave up a lot of points, but, um, you know, they only held 71 for Cincinnati and then, uh, 58 points for UCF. So I'm expecting a defensive game. I would go under 144 and a half. Is that under there? I think that one might be played in the 60s uh we've seen how that offense for iowa state can slow up and stop at times all right that'll do it for today's show make sure you follow us on uh x slash twitter at nwpod365 you guys can find me at josh neighbors underscore find the show wherever you get your podcasts uh and make sure you guys like the video subscribe to the channel five stars wherever y'all get the podcast as well